Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we have a theme today. Today, we're talking about changes. Uh, yes, indeed. We're Last week was sports entertainment. Today, we're going to be back to just sports. So what we've got is the Major League Baseball rule changes. Now we're, by the time you hear this, we're basically at the All-Star break. Yep. And yep. then we also have the NBA announcing during Summer League the NBA Cup is going to be a thing. We have the breakdown of the pods, six pods of five, and drawing names out of a hat. And Am I right? Is it six pods of five? Is that right? Six pods of, yep, that's right. Yep, yep, I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you play four, you play the other four first, and then advance. Yeah, It's yeah, going to be, yeah. you know, changes are a, are a good thing, according to Adam Silver, and he's obviously been pushing for this for over a decade, according to some of the reporting. He has, yeah, and, and I suppose uh, these two subjects in, in, you know, in the same conversation are going to be interesting for me, because... I I feel one way about one, and I feel one way about the other. So you you tell me which one you want to start with. Well, let's start with the NBA Cup. Okay. Um, because I have a feeling I know which way you're leaning. Uh, well, I've given away to you at least yeah. how I feel about what's happened in baseball. So yeah, you could probably. So, so I want to start. I want to start yeah. here because I'd like to end on what I presume will be a happier note. I suppose. Um, I suppose. Yeah. So where we're at with the NBA Cup is it's a mid-season tournament. You play your four other teams in your pod. Pods were drawn east versus west uh, by putting all the three top seeds in one hat, then the, all the three yeah. seconds, three thirds, all the way through fifth. Uh, and then we drew names out of the hat to find out who's in your pod. And then if you make it to the quarterfinals, you get 50 grand. If you make it to the semifinals you get a hundred if you make it to the finals you get 200 and if you win it all you get half a million dollars which per is player, right yeah Isn't that the case yeah. per player yeah. which for some guys at the bottom of your bench that's huge and for other guys at the top of the top it doesn't matter in the slightest it's a drop in the bucket yeah and, yeah, and, yeah. and then the yeah. question is are you as an organization going to care you're going to be expected to care because the league cares right. Right, but right. are you uh, rushing a guy back to play in the NBA Cup? I mean, and this is all in November and December. It's mm-hmm. done by December 9th. Um, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll start out by saying this. I mean, and I think what you're, the questions you're asking are the million-dollar questions. Um, I, I am cognizant of the fact that anytime something new gets introduced now in sports, probably the world at large, we're a jaded society and we're like, oh, that's stupid. And I'm trying not to be that guy. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy, you know, like anytime there's a new team nickname or a new rule or a new whatever, like, oh, that's dumb. Like, well, no, not everything is dumb. And so I'm trying to look at this with a with an, an open heart and an open mind. Um, but I, I, I think that's exactly it is is there buy-in that this is going to matter? Is there buy-in from fans? Is there buy-in from players? Is there buy-in from, you know, team management, coach, you know, front office, et cetera? The league is really going to push it down our throats, and so is ESPN. I think right. that's pr- probably fair to say uh, that this is great, That you know, but is this, I guess my thought is, is this college bowl game where we're going to be told, 
look how much it matters. It's like, if you got to tell us how much it matters, does it really matter? Well, and that's kind of where I'm coming from with this is like, how much value over a regular season game are we supposed to put on the pod play, for example? Right, right, like, right. You know, if if only, you know, one or two teams are coming out of the pod, and it's like, do I, if I'm the Bucks, do I want to play Chris Middleton coming back from an injury in these games? Do I want to, tr- you know... Do I want I to so. do it? Like, what do we want to do here? Do we yeah. care? Because yeah. it ha- look, I, a point Adam Silver made that I agree with. Traditions need to start somewhere, sure, right? Sure. Like you, Definitely. you can't just say this matters because we've been doing it forever if you've never done it before. So you right. have to start. Right. The question is to me, who was clamoring for this? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It, it's See? not like the draft lottery shakeup and the wheel and all of that stuff. Right. Like, right, right. Or the play-in. Mm-hmm. You know, the play-in was something that people had talked about. Like, you know, hey, maybe we could make a way to get the bottom of the playoff field more interesting. You know, less tanking for the for the lottery, uh, give more to, you know, like, I don't, I have mixed feelings on the play-in. Part of me likes it, part of me doesn't. But, but it was something that, kind of made some sense based on some yeah. of the problems with the NBA regular season tanking, etc. Well, and this we one, saw, yeah. we saw this year that, yeah, you can make it from the play in. Sure. sure. So. I mean, one team made the finals, another made the conference finals. Um, you know, now they would have, both teams would have been in the playoffs without the play in. That's kind of one of those, you know, the NBA spins that like, you know, well, look at the play in. Like, well, they, they would have been the seven seeds in the regular playoffs. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know it's it's uh, it's been pretty good. It certainly makes for some good drama before mm-hmm. the playoffs actually get started, and some good drama leading up to the playoffs. You know who's gonna who's gonna be in, who's gonna get that top six, who's gonna have home courts. You know, so I I get it. Um, I feel like I mean I, I keep reading you know that Adam Silver really wanted a European soccer style tournament and. I read the athletic article about it, and, and finally I saw someone say what I've been thinking, which is, you know, European soccer tournaments that, that run parallel to the season have a different format. Uh, you know, the so the league, like if you look at England, the FA Cup is every team in England, not just the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It's every, you know, so, so Manchester United plays some third division team. That third division team is probably not going to win the whole thing, but they get those. It's it's the David versus Goliath. It's the mm-hmm. you know it's it's a little bit what we have in the NCAA tournament. It's you know uh, Murray State taking on you know Indiana. Like oh man, you know okay that's cool. Um, and then the you know like the Champions League and stuff. That's teams from all over Europe. So you get you know Arsenal against Real Madrid. Well, they don't play each other in leagues, so those games feel big or whatever. Yeah, this is the same thirty teams that we already yeah. see. I mean, so it'd be I, it'd be something if it was like this tournament was also playing against you know one of the Europe leagues. Yeah, you know, you and it's like, oh, well, here's a from, chance to see. Europe. Here's yeah. a chance that you yeah. can see Victor Wimbayama before the draft, or here's a guy yeah. who's been stashed by 
Oklahoma City overseas right. and, and look right. at how great yeah. he's playing here. I think that might make it, you know, like you're not going to have back and forth during, but if you had an NBA pool, let's say you took your, you know, like a Champions League, your top four teams from the year before or top eight or whatever, and you had these little extra games or somehow combined it to make it part of the 82, because I don't think we need to be playing more than 82 games. Probably would be better off playing 72 or 66 or whatever, but that's probably not going to happen. You know, so if you did that and you got buy-in, like, of the, of the you know, take the top four leagues in Europe and their top two teams and have them play a tournament and then, you know, have the semifinals and finals over here. So exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. Maybe you get a big-time, you know, overseas star team. Or, you know, then it's like, well, okay, this is different. This isn't just the NBA teams deciding to manufacture a competition. It's like, well, okay, there's something different about it. That might, and, and maybe they could do that. Maybe that's something that this leads to. Yeah, just right now it feels like the only appeal is money, which, again, as you said, like, yeah, the, the money's good, but... Look, it's a lot of money guy, to me and to oh, you. For sure. for but sure. like and to the bottom of the roster guy. But those aren't it the guys who are going to be playing. Like, if you're trying well, to win... You hope not, at least. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like, you, you know, like, those are the guys who will care the most... But if you're the NBA, you don't want those guys on the court for 48 minutes, you know, because yeah. then it's like, well, yeah, watch the Lakers and the Suns. But by the way, uh, Durant and LeBron and Devin Booker and Anthony Davis aren't playing. Like, oh, well, all right, that's fun. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just torn on it to see. I, I want to give it a chance. You know, what you said, Silver said is exactly right. Like, traditions have to start somewhere. And, and if we just have the mindset of like, well, this is new, so it's stupid, or it won't work, like, well, it won't work. So I, I want to let it breathe and see how it works and see what it is, but I, I, I guess I'm skeptical. I'm not totally down on it, but I'm pretty skeptical on it really feeling like something that matters. Well, and, and I think I hadn't considered what you said, because I had seen the European soccer comment as well. But you're absolutely right. Like, it's playing the same teams. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, I mean, like maybe there'd be some interest if it was like, oh, uh, Kentucky basketball, Duke basketball, Kansas basketball are in this too. And yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. Or or throw in your, you know, I mean, your G League teams that you, you know, like have it be an FA Cup style where a bunch of teams that you know. And yeah, I mean, yeah, if you could get NCAA buy-in, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because you can pay those kids now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let, uh, you know, like, imagine, like, we always have those theoretical discussions. We we do it more now in football. We're like, you know, oh, could could Alabama beat the Texans? Like, no, probably not uh, 99 times out of 100. But, you know, if if you had that in basketball, there might be a little bit more believable chance, too. Well, because you know, like, I mean, well, we really see it. Duke team play an NBA team, could they beat them one time? Yeah, maybe. Well, and maybe you see it the other way. Play. Like you said, in the NCAA tournament, where it's like, hey, look, if that Duke team gets hot from three, right. they could win. Exactly, you know? yeah. Maybe so, they could knock yeah. off a, you know, Houston Rockets team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if you made this like an FA Cup style, and I think every, you know, I think Spain has one, and I don't know all the names, admittedly. But where it was like, you know, the NBA and the G League 
and and college basketball were all involved and they all sent you know some teams to it and it, you know yeah nine times out of ten it's probably going to end up being two nba teams that would play for the championship as it is with the fa cup usually the fa cup is you know man city man united chelsea arsenal those those type of teams um but the road there is interesting because it's like well you know some there's there's crazy upsets you hear about them i mean i don't follow european soccer super close but every now and again you'll see the headline of like you know second division team knocks off chelsea and i'm like wow okay that's kind of cool maybe you'd have that every now and again um so yeah i don't know i mean i i like i said i'm willing to give it a chance but i think if it uh to me and i know i know you don't follow golf too much although we've talked golf a few times lately but to me, it feels a little bit like the FedEx Cup in golf, where they just like created this year-long points competition um, in order to make the end of the year more interesting and put a lot of money into it. Like, it's kind of worked, but at the same time, like, does it really resonate? Like the majors, the players, stuff like that. It, it doesn't because it just feels like a money grab. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I'm... we'll see. We'll see. You know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, like I said, I want to be open-minded about it. I don't want to be like, well, this is going to suck no matter what. Um, Maybe it'll be good. But, um, you know, it's also going to be for someone like me who likes to, you know, look at the schedules. Like, it's going to throw a wrinkle into that, too. I was, you know, like, every team's going to have two games that aren't announced. And some teams are going to end up playing 40 home games. And a couple will end up playing 42. And I'm like... Uh, it's going to make that a little difficult to comprehend when that's announced. Yeah. No, it's very hinky. You know, there's just like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It feels considering they've been talking about it forever. It feels rushed. Almost. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, You know, as we're talking about the idea of like incorporating other leagues and things, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe that's a way where you could eventually have the regular season be less games mm-hmm. and then just run these competitions separately. Not, you know, like what they're trying to do here is, you know, they don't want to add extra games because I'm sure the players don't want that. And then you're going to ask guys who are already, you know, regularly sitting out 15, 20 games a year to now play more games. That's probably not going to work, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe you could, if you could make this work, could you make up your revenue of the lost 10 regular season games with this season long sort of parallel competition that incorporates college and G league and all that? I mean, it's easier said than done. You got to get a lot of people to, to cooperate if you try that, but you know, if you, if you made up for that and then that also maybe makes your regular season feel a little bit more important because 82 games, a little bloated, I mean, it, you know, in today's world where we're all about, like, what does this mean right now? You know, it's hard to convince people that every game of an 82-game season really matters. Well, especially I mean, when the, treated like it doesn't. I was going to say, especially when the teams are showing you it doesn't because yeah. we're resting. We're resting healthy guys for load yeah. management. So what you're saying is yeah. this game today, we'd like to win, but we'd rather – not play this guy than put our best team forward. Right, right, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, uh, controversials, I guess, maybe, but a, a pretty straightforward way to make the regular season matter more would be to make some changes to the playoffs. 
you know, if you, if you said the top, you know, let's say maybe you go back to best of five in the first round and the top two seeds get every game at home mm-hmm. and the three and four in the first round get four out of five at home. Well, then you're, you're making it more difficult on a team. Like, I mean, look at, and, and they didn't dog it necessarily. They, they just, you know, had some roster problems. But look at the Lakers this year. Their road would have been a lot tougher if, as the seven seed, they would have had to go on the road for five playoff games and win three out of five against Memphis instead of best of seven, three games at home. Like, there's not a lot of disadvantage to being a low seed compared to a high seed. Yeah. Well, now, my- again, I know, you know, probably, I don't know if the owners would love that because you're saying, well, if you're seven and eight, you don't get any home playoff games. Like, oh, well, that, that kind of hits me in my wallet. And I don't like that. Well, but you host, <laughs> but you get to host playing games at seven. You could, and eight. Yeah. Yeah. And if you advance, maybe then you go back to the, you know, once you get out of the first round, then you go to the, to the traditional format, best of seven, four at the higher seed, three at the lower seed, whatever. But if you, if you made it tougher and you rewarded the very best teams a little bit more than you do now, I mean, I think best of seven in the first round was never needed. And I think that's made it even more where like, you know, the immediacy of like, Oh, we're the seven seed. We got to play the two seed. Like, you know, you know, like, well, okay. I mean, look at the warriors and Kings this year. Kings win the first two at home in a best of five. Yeah. You know, the warriors are up against it. They got to win three in a row or they're out. But in the best yeah. of seven, it's a little bit more like, well, you, get, you know, we go take our two at home and we're fine. And they were. They ended up winning the series. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the pieces that I also have thought is interesting because you know there's there's the discussion, right? Well, we don't want to lose games, right? But between friends, the money <laughs> is on the national games, not your local TV package. Sure. So if it's just about the allotment of national games, then bring back the Seattle Supersonics, bring back one more team, Yeah. play 76 games, and your national allotment stays exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, I would agree. Um, You know, I I think expansion is probably coming soon. I think Seattle... Seattle and Vegas make such logical sense. I, I would have to think the NBA. I mean, they're host. They're they're putting these last two rounds of this tournament in Vegas. I think they want in on on the Vegas market that is you know just handing out money. Likely, yeah. I mean, likely uh, starting what twenty twenty four going to have or twenty twenty five. I guess going to have three professional sports if the A's move goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and has been a wild success with hockey. Well, and has a fantastic WNBA team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have my reservations on how well it's going to work for baseball, and that's a different topic for a different day. But I think basketball would work really well there. I think you could make it. A, you could do very much like what hockey has. You know, it's a it's a show every night. Um, you you know you appeal to the visiting fans as much as the home fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think it would work extremely well there. Um, and I gotta think they want to get in on that. So, and you know, you could move a Western Conference team to the East. There's, you know, Memphis. There's, but you know, teams that are a lot. You know, New Orleans. Those teams could easily move to the East, and you wouldn't have to mess with things too much. Um, so, I think that's coming. And, and yeah, I mean, I do think a reduction in the regular season would help a lot. But I also know that you know 
you're right, the national games are the most, but I'm sure the 30 owners or however many there are, um, you know, minority owners and the like here, you know, well, wait a minute. Now, if we go to 72 games, that means I lose five home games of ticket sales, of what, you know, of but local if TV if revenue, a, all that. If you're a short-sighted owner, you get your cut of the expansion fee, which will probably true, be like $4 true, billion, true. you know, between the two teams. I mean, teams. I'm with you. I'm with you. Trust me. I, I'm, I'm all on board that I think that would be a good idea. I, I just, you know, there's a lot of talk of that in sports over the last decade or so, and nobody's actually gone through with it. In fact, we've gone up. You know, the NFL has expanded by one. Um, you know, we have the play-in round now. We have more playoff teams in, in, in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball than we used to have. So it's like instead of condensing, we've only expanded, it feels like. Yeah. College football, same thing. You know, we've gone from 11 games to 12 to the playoff, which will now, you know, some teams will be playing 16 games when it's all said and done. You know, the teams that make the final and our conference championship game. Yeah. So, net, net, it's a interesting development that has a lot of unanswered questions at this point. Very much, very much. And, and you know, is it, I, I think overall I would stand on, I'm not sold on it, but is it worth a try? Yeah, I'd say it's worth a try with the both caveat that I think you should be open to changes, but also, also patient with it in a way. Because to use what Adam Silver said, like traditions don't start, you know, they, they, they got to start somewhere, but also takes time. To build, you know, you can't just say in year two, well, this is really important. You're going to have to get through the lean times of people saying, this seems like people like you and I and people who will be more vociferous saying, this seems like a stupid waste of time. And and just, you know, let it, let it breathe in order to actually build it into something important. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Which is tough. I mean, again, I, I look at, I'm going to make a golf comp again. You know, the Players' Championship for years was sort of derided as like, you know, uh, you know, you're really trying to make this into something. And they just stayed patient with it. They stayed at the same course. And now it really feels like a big deal every year. It feels like it matters. It feels important, you know. Um, but, you know, it's taken a long time for it to get to that place. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's what we're going to pivot to talking about baseball. Yeah. You know. These rule changes, people saw it, and half a year in, it's like, yeah, no, this is fine. Don't even notice. I, yeah, you know? I mean, I think it's fantastic. I, I uh, you know, yeah, we can we can shift gears to baseball, and I mean, the biggest thing is just the, the biggest thing is the pace of the game, but also the activity in the game. Like some of them sounded gimmicky to me. The bigger bases was one of those things. I'm like, oh, what are you, you know, what are we playing clown ball or something? But like, it's I don't notice that the bases are bigger. But I'll tell you what, it has stolen base and and running is like it's back in the game. There's multiple guys with 40 stolen bases already. Mm-hmm. I, that's uh, you know, I mean, compared to Ricky Henderson, that's not that many. But compared to the last decade, that's amazing to have that in July. Well, and that's the thing is like, you know, SGA Ruiz has 42 or 43 stolen bases yeah. at this point. It's like, 
you know, when the year's over, he's going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to have 75 or 80 stolen yeah. bases. And yeah. it's like, I mean, that's Acuna's incredible. on pace for 80 plus, I believe. Yeah. And As so, an MVP candidate, like not a, not just a speed demon guy who like, you know, I mean, the guy, the guy, I know, you know, from Oakland, right? Is what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, I mean, he's one of the few interesting things about Oakland this year. There aren't that many. Um, but, you know, Acuna is probably the NL MVP and he's on pace to have 70, 75 stolen bases. Like, that's fun. I mean, it's fun to see running in the game. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure as a, a fan of the opponent, you didn't love it. But, you know, the, the play yesterday with Ellie De La Cruz. Oh, yeah. You know, stealing third, stealing home. Like, that's fun, man. Like, that, you know, and, and baseball has been lacking in fun. We've talked about it a lot over the last yeah. couple of years. We've had these conversations like, where are the stars? Where is the must-see? And they haven't solved it all. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, man, they've waved a magic wand. Baseball's on its road back to being the national pastime. But they have addressed some of the issues with these rule changes and made it made it more fun. I absolutely think that. Well, in terms of the, you know, the needing to be something for baseball, um, Ellie De La Cruz is something. He really is. You know, he really is. The, the, yeah. And, and the fact that we got the like grumpy manager speak from the home run where after they challenged his bat. Yeah. You know, and he like points to the knob and he's like, tell him that's what it was. <laughs> and, and it's like, I love that because, you I know, do too. They, I do too. they did yeah. challenge his bat. And yesterday, look, obviously I'm a Brewer fan. That was a horrible lapse of defensive awareness by multiple guys to yeah. get there. Uh, to him stealing two bases on one pitch, but he, like, that was great baseball by him, and it was exciting it was. baseball. It was, you know? yes, he's just, he's he's exciting. I mean, so, I'll, you know, I could put a personal touch on it, like, at the end, toward the end of August, they're coming here to play Arizona, and early in the season, my dad had the idea of going, you know, he was going to be up here, let's go see him, and it was like, yeah, okay, sure, I mean, in my own mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, it'll be fun. It's Saturday night, go see baseball, no problem. I'm not, you know, dragged there in chains. But I wasn't necessarily like, you know, oh, man, that's going to be fun. Now I can't wait. I mean, I'm sitting here like thinking, you know, like, yeah, month and a half, we're going to see the Reds. I hope this guy is healthy and, you know, I want to I see them. They're a fun team and he is kind of the face of it right now. And, and the more you can have that, the better. Um, it looked like we were headed that way with Fernando Tatis a couple years ago and, other things have gotten in the way. Now, maybe he can, you know, get back to that level. He's playing well this year. And, uh, you know, but like, you need guys like that. You need guys that put people like you and me and and younger, and that really matters too, that you want to go see them. And like, yeah, I, I want to spend my money and go see them play. And there hasn't been enough of that at baseball. So, you know, you can't manufacture it, but. I mean, again, without these rule changes, the pitch clock, the, you know, more stolen bases, stuff like that, is this guy as exciting? Maybe he's not. Probably still exciting, but maybe not to the level he is this year. Well, and I was, um, it's funny that you said, I was talking to my dad about how you need stars. My dad texted me and my brother and was like, we need to figure out a way to get to LA to see Otani. Yes. And and that is, my dad loves baseball. I can't yeah. remember the last time he suggested we need to go to a non-Brewer game <laughs> ever. No, no, you know? totally. I mean, you know, I went out of my way to see him um, in 2021. He pitched here in Arizona. And I, you know, 
I mean, it wasn't like I had to, you know, sacrifice, you know, uh, uh, thousands of dollars to do it, but it was like, I am going, it was a work night. I didn't care. Like, yeah, I want to see him. And yeah, I mean, you know, like you, you need a few guys like that and baseball's been kind of struggling for that. And, you know, and I think, I think they go hand in hand by the game being more fun and faster. I mean, I went and saw the Rays here a couple weeks ago and it was a particularly well-pitched low scoring game still, but like we, I left after the seventh inning and it was 90 minutes into the game. Yeah. I mean, the game started at six forty. at eight ten. the seventh inning was concluded and we only left because we didn't get, want to get stuck in the parking garage. You know, it was like the game was moving really well. Like, would have been fine to stay for the whole thing. We just didn't want to spend 45 minutes stuck in the parking garage after. So yeah. that makes a difference too. When the game is fun to watch, it's like, Hey, now you see this guy. You're like, well, I, I want to see him again. I want to go see Randy or Rosarena because he's kind of fun to watch or some, you know, whoever it is. Well, and that they've also stopped legislating out fun with these guys. Yes. Like let them yes. have a personality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it, we don't, it, I'm picking this guy. I don't think it's a, I don't mean it in a bad way, but you know, having, not having the Brian McCann's in the game anymore. No, totally. Is, totally. And, and the Tony LaRussa's in the game anymore from a manager standpoint is kind of nice. Like it is. I'm it fine is. if and you I want hope. to throw your curmudgeonly manager statement about, you know, didn't like David Martinez. Yeah. Didn't like yeah. the way he celebrated, but he's an exciting player. Okay, fine. You got to say I that. Guess, I guess. But like, guess, yeah. but they didn't throw at him. You know, they didn't they did. do anything no, you're right. else. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I could have got done without that too. Like I read that, and I even thought, like, when are we gonna get past the point where, you know, managers have to be the, you know, the old man in the room? Like, don't you, you know, you kids and your rock music, you know. But I maybe we'll never get past that point because we we still, you know, we have it in the NBA. A guy hot dogs too much or whatever. But yeah, I agree. The more we can get away from that, like, you know, this game should be like, you know, uh, running drills in the army. Basically, you should do it with a stone face expression and, you know, have not let us know you're having any fun by God. Like, no, let us know you're having fun, because when it looks like you're having fun, we have fun watching you. Well, and it's also like the, um, you know, the reverse when you see it in college where the guy got ejected for celebrating a home run and then his teammate like mocked the ejection by not high-fiving anyone or doing anything right right like is that really what you want to like become a a a mockery of the game agreed agreed i mean we play with emotion and and you know i mean it it, like it comes up in the nfl a lot you know the they were they were really big on the you know unsportsmanlike conducts in the last couple years it's like man, this is supposed to be an emotional game. And I know it's a fine line. I know you don't want guys, you know, going over and, you know, getting right in someone's face. And I, But, you know, like a little celebrating is okay. And a little bit of, a little bit of trash talk is also okay, I feel like. You know, that, that lets me know you care. And what's one complaint we have about pro athletes in today's world? A lot of times it's like, do they care? They make so much money. They sit mm-hmm. out games, you know, I, like, I don't actually believe they don't care, but it's easy to make that, you know, that connection. Like, well, do they really care? They're making tens of millions of dollars. Uh, they don't live and breathe this, like, you know, let us know you care. And so a guy like this De La Cruz guy, 
who is fun and who, you know, shows it. And he wears these big chains and he runs around the bases and he's got the long dreads. And like, yeah, man, like, give me, give me more like that. I can see he's enjoying himself and I'll enjoy watching him. Yeah. And I agree with you about Otani. I mean, like, I, yeah, he's, he's worth going to see. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, for us to this point, it's a once in a lifetime type of player. That is a great pitcher and great hitter. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I watched him is, I think it was his first year. 2021 was his first year, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I saw him and he, he wasn't like amazing that day, but you know, that was the amazing thing in some ways. It was like, he went six innings, gave up like two runs, had two doubles. And it was like, Oh, that wasn't his best game. Like, wow. Okay. You know, we're, we're holding him to a pretty high standard. If that's like, ah, oh, yeah, he was all right. Uh, all he did was, you know, throw six strong innings and have two extra base hits. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, um, he's great, but I want to, I want to go back to where we started, which is the rule changes yep. on this. Yes. Um, the pitch clock has been a revelation, I think. Loved it. Because Absolutely. the pace of play is up, but it's not cha- Like, the, the thing that has changed more to me is, you know, when a guy is throwing his arm out every pitch, yeah. one, he's out of the game in four innings. Right. And two... You need to rest more between pitches. So now when you know you don't yeah. have that, it's kind of brought back a little bit of the, like, Jamie Moyer-type pitcher. A guy uh, who... Hopefully, and hopefully even more as the years pass, that that, yeah. that guys like that will find a place in the game. I completely agree with you. You know, because, like, look, in the Futures game yesterday, the Brewers have this kid in... Uh, I think he's in high single A, but he throws 100 yeah. miles an hour... And he yep. struck out the side in his one inning, and it's incredible. And they've got a guy who they just called up in their bullpen who throws a 103-mile-an-hour sinker ball, which yeah, is a yeah. baffling statement to make. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But they also have Julio Turan right now, who I think has hit 90 a couple yeah. times this year, and yeah. Wade Miley, who just lives at 88 miles an hour. He yeah. is the DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean... I agree. I, like so much, I you know, I, I think we've discussed this. Uh, maybe not on this forum, but in texts and the like. Like the the amount of pitching injuries and how we like so many guys. Have, you know, and I'm not talking this year. I'm talking the last decade or so. Everybody has their arm baby. They don't throw, but you know, like we go out of our way, and they still get it still hurt. doesn't work. Steven Strasburg doesn't work. Yeah. Oh God, Strasburg is the greatest example of a guy who was protected at every turn. Let's be careful. Be careful. Be careful. And he's hurt all the time, and his career might be over now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and and okay, he's one example, but he's not the only one. If he was an outlier, it'd be a different discussion. But look at you know, Dustin May is now mm-hmm. out for the year again after just having Tommy John two years ago. Lance McCullers is now out for the year again after just having Tommy John in 2019. You know, like, these are good young pitchers that have been protected, maybe whatever term you want to use. And I think it just, I think so much of that can be traced back to, it is the game, you know, pitching has become who can throw the hardest. It, you know, like, a guy like Greg Maddox, who is arguably, I would say, the greatest pitcher of our lifetime. You could have an yeah. argument for few others 
but you know, like a guy like him, I'm not sure he would, uh, you know, if, if someone had his makeup right now as a minor league prospect, I don't know that they would get a chance to be a starter in the major leagues. Oh no. Uh, I mean, you know, be like, well, but this guy, he can't throw 97 plus. Well, uh, no, we have no time for that. Well, it's one of those, that's a great point. Like, would you even scout this guy? Right out of high right. school or college, who yeah, 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 you know, he's a finesse pitcher at every level, you know, and, you know, and again, I know Maddox is a, is a high, high, high end example of someone who can do that. I I get there's not a Greg Maddox, you know, every year on every team or something like that, but but you but know, the I, point yeah, is, who have I we missed like out on? Would be ignored now. Yeah, who's a guy who, you know, is has been stuck in Double A for three seasons and his career's probably over. Yeah. But yeah. you know, he could have been a really solid pitcher. Right. If he, right. If he yeah. was allowed to just throw if, strikes. If he got the chance. Exactly. Yeah. And so maybe you know, and and I never thought when the whole pitch clock thing was first being discussed, I admit, you know, I'll I'll raise my hand and say I never gave it any thought of like what it what effect it's going to have beyond just well okay there'll be you know the game will move quicker but i i read this a couple you know maybe it was last year or two years ago before it went into place exactly what you're saying that you know it means that guys can't basically throw as hard as possible on every single pitch and what that maybe does is first of all keep them in the game longer the, the particular game also maybe the game it's you know their careers you no know, longer they're healthier uh, maybe it does open up, you know, get us back to a point where you don't have to throw 98 plus to be a major league pitcher. I mean, I, I was watching, I, there was an extra innings free preview this week. So I watched a ton of baseball. I was watching the pirates and Dodgers one night. I can't remember who the pitcher was for the pirates, but they're talking about, you know, well, his velocity's down a bit this year. He's averaging 96.7. And I thought like, man, 96.7 used to be a, a really hard thrower. Now we're talking about it. Like he's, you know, like he's Greg Maddox. Oh, he only throws 96.7. Like, all right. Uh, you know, so maybe these changes, not just this year, but over the long haul, will be beneficial for, for pitching and health, different styles of pitchers. I'm hopeful that's the case. Yeah, me too. But, but, the, but the pitch clock has been great. It really and has. And it really has. The one yeah. that I haven't noticed, and it's like no one's really talked about it, the no defensive shifts real yeah. I, I I didn't like legislating out good innovation, which is how yeah. I felt like it was. Yeah. But also like we don't like centers just camp out under the basket and swap balls totally. away on their way totally. down. So Look, I, I couldn't agree with you more on everything. Like I I had the same thought at first. Like, well, you know what? If somebody's got good strategy, you need to figure out a strategy to beat it. Uh but I, I thought the exact same thing. Like, we, we don't let, you know, there's not, I mean, you can play zone now in the NBA, but you can't play, you know, like you said, there's the defensive three seconds. There's rules in the NFL about how many guys you can have on each on each side of the ball. You know, you can't on a, on a kick, you can't line up 10 guys to one side of the ball and then rush and try to block that kick. It's got to be, I think, you know, at least four on each side or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, legislating formations is not a foreign concept in sports. And, and I think it's been a good thing in baseball. It's got, you know, it seems like batting averages or, I mean, we got a guy that's in the, in the hunt for 400 right now. When's the mm -hmm. last time we had that in July? 
been a long time. Yeah. That can't be coincidence. No, it's it's really quite something to to watch how te- and then look, you when you have to adjust like this, all of a sudden defense and outfielders become a lot more valuable and relevant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. You know, the the game had sort of pa- I'm I'm picking a random one, but but I feel like the game would have passed a Ray Ordonez by before. Yeah. Because, like, we don't need you to be a good defensive shortstop. We'll just move the second baseman over to the shortstop. <laughs> right, right. You know? No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go back and watch a baseball game from, you know, like like I've watched at times, you know, like the replay of, of the World Series in 01, Diamondbacks Yankees. That'll be on every now and again. Or, like, during COVID, they would replay in games a lot, I, you know. And it's such a weird, I mean, it was like such a weird thing to just see the, the infield always in a traditional alignment. The third baseman and the shortstop and the second baseman and the first baseman. Like they'd move a little here or there, but but you wouldn't see, yeah, you wouldn't see the third baseman playing second. You wouldn't see that, you know, and, and there's still teams that, you know, you play a guy like almost directly up the middle. I was watching the Cubs and the Yankees yesterday and yeah. the shortstop, you know, got a ball pretty much directly up the middle because he was just shaded off second. But again, okay, that's fine. You know, find your ways to make it work. But, yeah, having, you know, three guys on one side of the diamond and one, you know, it's like, man, I I get it. But it makes it, – it had made the game – all the stuff had made the game feel kind of boring. And you could maybe take out the word kind of. You know, it, it became a lot of home runs, a lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts. And a lot of, you know, ground outs, basically. We didn't see the ball on the ground getting through. We didn't see stolen base. We didn't see guys taking the extra base. And we're seeing that a lot more this year. Yeah. It's led to more exciting games. Yeah, yeah. And a more exciting season. You know, the 4th of July, I was home, didn't really have a lot of plans. And there was the extra innings free preview. And I watched some of Red's Nats starting at 8 a.m. And I thought... I am going to make it a point to watch some of all 15 games today. And I did. And I probably wouldn't have done that last year. Probably wouldn't have ever considered it. Because I would have thought, you know, I'll watch a movie or I'll watch Law & Order reruns or something like that. But it was, you know, I watched a ton of baseball that day. And then I had it on a lot on Wednesday during work and not a lot on Thursday. And, like, I think these two are connected. And I can only speak for myself, but it just feels more fun to watch baseball this year than it's been the last few years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've crapped on baseball a lot in, in our conversations the last couple of years, and I think most of it deserved. Yeah. And I thought it was, I, you know, as, I, as I've as i thought about this the last few weeks, I thought, you know, we, we probably should give credit where it's due. I'm still not a big Rob Manfred fan. I don't think you are either. No. Um, you know, but a stop clock can be right twice a day, as they said on NYPD Blue. And I believe his push for these rule changes is an example of that. He's, he's the broken clock that is right on the money this time. Yeah. No, it has been good for the game. The The pace of play has been good. The in-game actual gameplay has been good. It, it solved the issue, right? The issue was these yeah. games take forever, and they're yes. not that fun. And they're boring. And yeah. now yeah. they are shorter and more fun. So, yeah, I think it might have been different if games were lasting 320, but they were full of activity and movement and you know probably people wouldn't have had a big problem with that but yeah when the 
when the games are getting longer and less exciting in the length, that's a bad combo. And yeah, these changes have seemed to address that issue very quickly. Um, and I, the one thing I can say, and I've heard, you know, I texted you about it a couple weeks ago. I hope they don't change anything for the playoffs. Don't give me a longer or no pitch clock in the playoffs. That's that's a huge step back if you do that. Absolutely agreed. I mean, uh, you know, I said it to you in text. Like, they don't make the shot clock 40 seconds in the playoffs. I'm sure NBA teams would love to have more time to find a really good shot. And they don't make the play clock 60 seconds for the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you got to get a playoff in 40 seconds. And if you don't, you lose five yards. And occasionally you can call timeout. You got a few, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like... Baseball can do the same. You get some time. There's, you can still call time. I've seen it. Yeah. You know, pitcher can step off once per at bat, but just once. Like, yeah. All right. Use it wisely because once you do it, then you're out of luck. Yeah. No, I mean, they've, they've done a good job. And the other thing is experimenting in the minor leagues worked because it, it doesn't feel rushed, right? Yeah. Like it's not like yeah. we don't have enough time between pitches. We no. have enough no. time. We don't have uh, exactly. too much time, exactly. but we don't, yeah. it's not like you're watching pitchers get the ball back and you feel like, man, that guy just has not been able to reset at all. Right. You know? Right. No. I mean, I think 20 seconds with a guy on base and 15 without, like it's a good balance. It's plenty. Yeah. I don't, I'm not watching the game thinking like, oh my God, I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't look away for even a second because they're just firing. You know, it's, it's not that, but it is, it's moving quicker. It's not a throw a pitch and I can, you know, go to the bathroom, come back and there still hasn't been another pitch. Like, dang, man, you know, and that, that happened too often in the past, you know, like I'll I'll be watching a game at night. uh, I'll go brush my teeth. I come back and there's only been two pitches thrown. Like what? I, you know, like I should be missing more than that. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the things that's kind of fun now in like, for baseball Twitterati or now Threadserati. I don't know what we say for threads. <laughs> right, whatever. Um, whatever. Blue sky, whatever yeah. crazy invention there is today. Yeah. But it is when they show like a pitching matchup from this season and you get a full at bat in between like three pitches and another at bat. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. and when I say a full at bat, I mean like the guys fouled off four or five pitches. Right, right, right. And there's, you know, there's still room for a high-scoring game that, you know, like, hey, if there's a lot of offense and the game goes three hours and 20 minutes and it's, uh, you know, 10 to 8 with some stolen bases and some doubles turned into triples and, like, I don't think anybody's complaining about that. I'm not. Yeah. But I, but what I don't want is a, a 3 to 2 game uh, where there's, you know, six hits total and it's going three, out, three and a half hours. That's That's not a good balance and that's where we've been too much. Yeah. So overall MLB rule changes. Yes. Positive. NBA cup TBD. And yeah. And that, that's why I said at the very start, like it's an interesting two topics to put together. Cause I do find myself on the side with the NBA tournament of like, "Eh, I don't see it working, but I found myself on that side with the, with the rule changes. And I've been wrong. Uh, and this was a couple years ago. Going into this year, I felt better about them, you know, as time went on. But, it, you know, I was initially like, yeah, well, it's not going to work. Dumb ideas, gimmicky. And it has worked. So I'm going to 
open mind about the NBA, and maybe it'll have the same effect. Yeah. Well, look, we'll be back. We'll talk about more of that. We'll talk about uh, the continued Bloodline saga and wrestling. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Looks like we're getting Jay and Roman at SummerSlam mm-hmm. like we like we expected. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.